The Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast is sponsored by Beer Edge. I'm Andy Crouch, the co-founder of Beer Edge, along with my partner and your podcast host, John Hall. John and I work hard to bring you fresh and insightful content related to the ever-changing world of craft beer. We're passionate about beer and independent journalism. If you're interested in supporting Beer Edge, visit our website, beeredge.com, which is updated regularly with new content, interviews, and articles. Please also consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your episodes. You can also subscribe to the Beer Edge newsletter on our website. Is there anyone you think that we should be talking to? Please drop us a line at andy at beeredge.com with your thoughts. And as always, thanks for your support. Hi, this is John Hall, and welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. Please remember to leave a review. Those guys over at Graining In started a comment contest, and while I thought it was an imaginary thing, it now seems that they're winning, and we can't have that. So please do your part and head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave some words about this show. Okay, on to it. There's no shortage of big personalities in the beer world and people who just seem to love life. And this week, I'm talking with one such brewer, Alex Lovinggood of Barntown Brewing in Iowa. More with him in a moment, but first, I'm happy to tell you that this episode is produced by Beer Edge. Check out BeerEdge.com for articles, podcasts, and to subscribe to the newsletter written by myself and Andy Crouch. Also, be sure to follow Beer Edge on social media at The Beer Edge. So, Alex Lovinggood has been in the beer business for less than a decade, but he's made a lasting impact wherever he's gone. He was a teacher and a bartender before he got into brewing, and he started like so many others, as a volunteer washing kegs and learning the trade from time spent in various hands-on experiences. He worked at Temperance Brewing, Atlas, when it was still called that, and later Brickstone, all in Illinois. And he's been a major force behind the Festival of Wood and Barrel-Aged Beer, also known as FOBAB, and worked to help grow and shape the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. In November, he moved a little bit west to Barntown Brewing in Iowa, where he's now a brewer. In this show, we talk about IPA, new styles of beer, food influences, festivals, and more. Alex spoke to me using a Bluetooth and while on the highways and the back roads of Iowa. And I started off by asking him, what's making him happy these days? Here's our conversation. My children, uh, you know, I, uh, there's a lot of darkness in the world right now, and uh and there's just a lot of bad stuff going on. And, uh, you know, going home and seeing my two little daughters, my wife's expecting a third. My wife and I, rather, I guess, are expecting a third <laughs> at, at, the end of, at the end of this year. So, you know, just kind of looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, I, I'm really happy that I have uh, supportive people around me, uh, you know, from ownership and, and, and the brewery to uh, co-workers and all of that. You know, it's... That makes you happy, you know, when people support you and, uh, you know, you have people that love you around you. Support is something that I know so many of us need right now. And you're in this sort of interesting position where uh, you moved your family from Illinois to Iowa uh, at towards the end of 2019. Uh, you probably just had a just, I don't know, what, a few weeks to break in your new boots at the at the new brewery before the world got turned upside down for for covid were, were there things 
that you wanted to or were thinking about in January uh, that had just been totally derailed? Oh, God, yeah. We, um, you know, luckily we had our, our third year anniversary party weeks before the shutdown. Um, and, you know, and that was like the big thing on, you know, much of January and February. And that was in uh, like the first week of March was at. Um, but beyond that, we were going to host a kind of a like a, we were calling it the Barntown Get Down, um, you know, kind of <laughs> 70s, 80s, funky music. Uh, and just invite all of our friends from breweries around the nation. You know, you look in Chicago and on the East Coast and West Coast and in the South and Florida and all these states, there's uh, there's that one festival that everyone goes to that, uh, you know, is, is it. And those are a lot of our friends. And there was nothing in the Midwest, you know, uh, say for a few in Chicago. But, you know, in, in our Midwest of Iowa, there was nothing. Um, so we, we wanted to do that. And uh, that was supposed to be in, uh, in May, May 23rd. And, uh, that was like kind of the big thing. And, you know, we were, we were truly heartbroken when we had to cancel that, but you know, we're, uh, coming back stronger, hopefully maybe <laughs> for 2021 with that. The, this idea that that's really sort of popped up in the last couple of years of brewery invitational beer festivals is, I know a lot of fun for the consumers who come. It's a lot of fun for, the brewers who get to travel to different parts of the country and do collaboration beers and to meet a new fan base and to just sort of hang out with like-minded people. It's an incredible pain in the ass for the brewers that put it on and an incredible expense as well. Uh (laughs) I'm curious as to why, what, what drives a brewery like yours to do that? You know, I think it's 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 selfish reasons to be honest. You know, it's <laughs> it's you want you a you you strive to be the best, and I think um, I think most people would say that. You know, you you don't get in business to be mediocre uh, or just to do average. You want to be the best, right? And uh, you want to be surrounded by the best. And uh, you know, it's it, it was a lot of work even building up to what we where we were before we had to cancel too. So. But I, 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 striving to be the best is, is one thing, but like, is this just an opportunity then to, I, I don't want to say show off to your peers, but I, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out sort of like the motivation behind it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's part of it too. It's, uh, it's to, to show off and showcase what you are and what you're capable of. Yeah. Um, you know, our plan, we were going to, you know, what you see similar to some of the other ones, we were going to try to release. Uh, we had plans on releasing two or three uh, barrel aged beers and a handful of IPAs and, you know, uh, other, you know, pastry sours and stouts and such. So, you know, it, it is definitely, but it's also, I mean, back to the selfish thing, it gets all your friends to you. So you actually don't have to travel <laughs> to go somewhere, which is half the fun, right? But yeah. But you get to show off your own backyard and, and, and everything. Yeah. What what happened to some of those beers that you were planning on making? Uh, some of the IPAs I know you can turn quickly, but uh, uh, the, we still stuff, kind yeah. of uh, you know when it, when it came down to uh, I believe it was March fifteenth and we got shut down. Um, we kind of didn't didn't know where we were going to go. So we, being a smaller ten barrel system, we were able to pivot pretty quickly to just start packaging everything. So 
uh, a lot of those beers that uh, that we had in mind for there, we still brewed and released uh, throughout the last six months. Uh, they just, you know, were a, a normal, you know, IPA release on, on a Tuesday or, you know, pastry sour on that Tuesday. And then, uh, you know, we kind of snuck in some of the, uh, the bigger beers. You know, we had also had, I think, four collaborations planned for the week before. Um, and those have obviously, we had to cancel those and, so those are, uh, you know, we're still trying to knock those off now that kind of people are feeling a little bit more comfortable to go to other breweries and do collaborations now. You've done a lot of collaborations in your day and uh, over the, the course of your career, the various breweries that you've worked at. I'm always curious as to the mind of the brewer when it comes to starting to map out a collaboration process where does it start for you? So for us, um, you know, it, it starts, you gotta, obviously you gotta get everyone on the same page as to what style you want to brew. Uh, right. And so for us, um, you know, when we do a collaboration, we want it to typically be a little bit more special than something we'd normally brew. So, you know, we'll brew a big stout or a sour, uh, something along those lines. And then, um, you know, just kind of figuring out what adjuncts you want to use if you're if you're adjuncting it, uh, and then you know, uh, really, I mean, the the hosting brewery is the one putting all the legwork in, right? <laughs> as far yeah. as uh, ordering ingredients and 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 really coming up with the recipe. Um, you know, everyone we do, we throw the recipe over to the other person for comment, and they're usually like, "Hey, man, it's your house," you know, kind of what you you feel comfortable with. But also, you know, hey, maybe I've used. Uh, this grain or this supplier or, you know, this yeast or, or certain adjunct, you know, uh, whatever it is to try to get it. And that's, I think, the, the really fun part about collaborations is that, you know, you are going to somebody else's house and you're really seeing what they do and how they do it. So, you know, as brewers, we should always be learning and always be looking for a reason to uh, expand our knowledge and, 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 you know, not settle. Uh, so, you know, seeing what they do and seeing their processes or them seeing ours, just asking questions is I, my favorite part about collaborations, you know. And then, you know, you get to hang out with some of your very good friends and drink beers all day. So, yeah, and go to the to the fancy restaurants in town or the good, uh, you know, yep. the good places in town. And then the, the, the yeah. real good dive bars as well. Absolutely. And then write it off to the company, <laughs> which is uh uh, that's that's always the best part as well. Um, yeah. During COVID, a lot of the conversations that I've been having have been centered around people thinking about education and sort of reprioritizing things in their home life, in their personal life, in their in their work life as well. You mentioned education. You mentioned you know learning new things or focusing on new things when it comes to collaboration. Has there been anything? that you have been keen on learning more about or putting your attention brewing wise over the last couple um, of months to, to sort of like help you brew down the line? You, you know, our thing uh, for most of the time was, you know, I think like most businesses at the front was just to keep the doors open. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I said, we were just, you know, we, we were able to pivot and, go to all cans you know we had a good stock of cans at the time so we just put everything into cans at the time and then um you know now that we're we're kind of out of that we were able to open up 
you know, at limited capacity. Now's the time where we're kind of slowing down. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in my head and, and talking with our team, um, you know, I've been wanting to do a, uh, just like a, a lactose driven IPA. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, not a, not a milkshake necessarily, but just kind of a, you know, to, to add a little bit of sweetness and, and some of that body to it. Well, uh, how, how, how is it, how is there lactose, but it's not a milkshake? Is it? Well, there's no vanilla, just hops and lactose. You know, okay. To me, to me, a milkshake is vanilla lactose and that's how I, and then puree that, right? and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we do our fair share of those too. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's 2020, so, <laughs> and it's beer and, and there's, there's room to be, there's room to be traditional and there is room to be creative and think outside of the box. But we could talk for hours on that. <laughs> well, and and well, we'll see where this goes. But I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm curious though, just about what you want the lactose to do. What you want the lactose to in in this beer that you're describing now? Yeah, just kind of uh, you know uh, give it some more uh, uh, sweetness on the back, and just kind of soften it up, and you know make it nice and creamy, and just you know complement whatever hops we're putting in there. You also mentioned uh, pastry sours. Yeah, uh, that is something that I am not super well versed in. I'm I'm learning more and more about pastry stouts all the time. But um, what's your what's your definition of a pastry sour, and what's a good example so, of it? Yeah, so ours would be uh, you know we do uh, based off of pastries. We do a, a like a blueberry muffin sour. Uh, so we put just loads and loads of blueberry puree in there and graham cracker and a little bit of vanilla and, uh, you know, lactose and heavy lactose to kind of sweeten it up so it's not overly tart. So, yeah, we just we, we kind of just took uh, instead of pastry uh, stout, we put sour afterwards and kind of brew it the same way. <laughs> But as a traditional, as not traditional, as a kettle yeah. stout. Yeah, a, tra- a traditional pastry stout, just or traditional pa- uh, pastry sour, just like they have done for yep. centuries. At, for uh, centuries, yes. Yeah, the finest brewing schools in the world. Once you master it, you're ready to go off into the world. It's like an yep. omelet at the Culinary <laughs> Institute. Um, <laughs> is there anything you won't do, beer-wise? Oh, is there man, anything I, sacred uh, anymore? I don't, I, so I've been brewing for seven years now, John, and, and, you know, coming from a position as a, uh, as a production brewer, mostly in the, in the beginning of my career, uh, this is my time now that I can have fun and, and, and really, really get off the rails and think outside the box on the beers. Um, you know, as far as, far as some things you know sean burns is a very good friend of mine and he put lactose in a hefeweizen and, and i was uh you know we were all in a group text razzing him about that um but you know it was a delicious beer so you know i i don't think there's anything that can't be done you know we have a pickle beer uh because we're in iowa and the state fair is uh you know sacred out here so um yeah, you think, have to you have to forgive my jersey for done. you have to forgive my jersey for showing. I, I I'm not <laughs> sure how pickle and the Iowa State Fair go together. It's uh, it's like the Midwest and ranch. It's just a uh, both of them are are very similar. 
I'm still I'm still not. Are are there like pickle contests or something? Like are are people, or is this that thing I was seeing online where people were putting pickle spears into like a Blondale or something? Um, no, this is you know. There's just uh, you know, it started for us just a. Uh, uh, there was a. There's booths that you know do deep fried pickles that do, um, you know, pickles like, on a stick, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's just a, a fair food. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, we had a guy reach out to us to, to wanted to brew a pickle beer, and we've been doing it for about three years now. And this year, we put it into cans. We packaged about 280 cases, and we sold out of it in a week. <laughs> are are you using Are you using actual pickles? Yeah, yeah. So we um, we uh, you know, being a brew pub, we we use the pickles. So we uh, will use wait you dropped out for a second on your headphones Alex, sorry still... say that again yeah no you dropped out for a second with your headphones yep. so uh yeah that was uh I, it connected me to bluetooth yeah no so it's uh we use a like a golden ale base and then uh you know blend in actual pickle juice into it and uh and like rest it on there okay so you're you're using more of like the brine as opposed to the yeah. actual yeah cucumber really? pickled cucumber yeah yeah are there so there's i mean there's there's different types of pickles that are out there you have your your sour and your half sour and your dill and bread and butter is there what do you what do you guys what kind of brine do you guys use we're using dill okay have you tried other so, ones as well is there a variety pack <laughs> uh we, we were kind of joking that we were You're like there will be now yeah uh, now that you put it in my head we we, uh, we were joking about that but uh um, no, we just do the dill and it's, uh, it's more kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a real nice, uh, uh, dill garlicky, uh, forward pickle that we use. So <laughs> it was actually, I was, uh, I was, I was a skeptic on the whole thing. Yeah. And then I actually, I, I tried some other pickles from other breweries and then tried ours. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a good balance of beer and, and pickle where some of them, uh, were just was just like drinking pickle juice. Well, and, sure. Uh, I mean, the, I, I'm just thinking of the acidity that comes with the brine um, uh, as to, you know, having that, that, that balance. Cause a Blondale, you can steamroll over that pretty, pretty easily as a yeah. base style. Yep. So you're keeping yeah, the acidity in check. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people, it seems like are using like a, would do like a sour base for theirs. Yeah. Um, is what I've been seeing to kind of balance, and I think that would be just way, way too acidic. But yeah, it's 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 uh yeah. You're you're no you're no stranger to uh to to good food though, so I'm curious as to what you find your pickle beer pairs best with. Where do you where do you put it food wise? I I uh, I when I was drinking it, I paired it with uh, cheese curds. (laughs) <laughs> with like a Chipotle ranch and it was really good and then just a cheeseburger just a good cheeseburger lettuce tomato onion right some government cheese. cheese on there yeah you know smash burger so you're talking two four ounce patties okay and I think that's perfect right there all right I, I, I I'm it is I'm it, intrigued it, it, now yeah it definitely is a a food beer uh you know uh, it, it it pairs well um you know drinking it on its own I was like and it's for people that love pickles Drinking on its own, I was like, ah, wow, this is good. I could drink this. But then when I actually paired it with a meal, I was like, oh, okay. 
makes sense now. I mean, this is this is the year that uh, Oscar Blues gave us a mustard beer with French's, and you know we've right? obviously had the pizza beer out there before. Um, <laughs> you've worked at breweries that have kitchens attached to them, though. Uh, obviously yeah. Barntown and then uh, Brickstone before that. And I'm, I'm curious as to how much do you think about when you're creating a recipe of what's happening in the kitchen and how that can translate into a beer that you oh. want to put out? You know, um, I, I think about a lot. I, I really enjoy food and I really love beer in a setting like Barntown. Um, you know, we're beer and cheeseburgers, you know, we are, we are farm to table pub food, you know? Um, so there, you know, I think, I think you could pretty well drink any beer and it pairs good with a cheeseburger or a chicken sandwich and stuff like that. You know, at Brickstone, you know, I thought about it probably a little bit more just cause we had, um, you know, a bigger menu with pasta dishes and, you know, it was Greek owned. So the menu was like 17 pages long. Um, you know, pasta dishes and, and, and chicken dishes and, you know, other dishes. So there, when we were brewing, especially when I was over at the brew pub for the year, I was constantly thinking of, consciously, I apologize, thinking about how this would pair with uh, a meal or a certain meal, you know. And that way you could let the servers know, you know, how to recommend stuff. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Food and beer. Yeah. Um, cause you mentioned earlier, you know, brewing with different adjuncts and obviously if you're making a pickle beer and you guys are doing you know, blueberry puree and all sorts of stuff, are, are there, are there ingredients that you're intrigued to work with in the food arena that you haven't yet? Um, so, you know, kind of going back to, to what I said is, you know, being, being a production brewer for the majority of my career so far um i'm really having a fun time now just kind of getting into it with everything you know all uh as as far as different fruit purees you know haven't messed around with herbs or too much but you know you know using you know real coconut and different types of coconut and how they extract how you're getting the extract and uh how you're getting your flavor extracted from that rather um and the time that it takes on those um you know i'm uh if you put an ingredient in front of me uh, and say you should brew a beer with this, I'll at least think about it. <laughs> when, so you also mix cocktails, right? And that's that you you were a bartender. Uh, you know, you've had a bunch of different jobs, but but you've spent yeah. some time behind the stick and spent some time uh, 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 making cocktails. Yeah, and there, it's such a there's such a preciseness that's needed. I think for a proper cocktail and you can always tell the difference between one that's been slapped together or some one that's actually been you know, really well crafted. And I'm, I'm, I imagine that there's, I don't know, the creativity that comes with that, but also the discipline that comes with that. And mm-hmm. when you are thinking about a beer and you taste something for the first time, where does your mind go in the creation of a, of a new beer recipe? You know, I think it's all about, uh, and I, and I hate it when people use the word balance all, uh, overly <laughs> over too, too much, Yeah. but it is really, you know, about the balance of everything. Cause you don't want it to lean one way too far, you know, like in our pastry sours, you know, there's, we tow that fine line between, 
you know, you want the sweetness there so that you're you're understanding that this is uh, recreated after a blueberry muffin, but you're also brewing a sour beer, so you want the acidity there. Yeah. Uh, you know, same with cocktails. Um, I think the same goes for um, any IPAs or stouts you're brewing too. If you're, you know, IPA, you, you're looking at your hops and your grain, and you want the, you know, you want that grain to be present. You want a nice, good mouthfeel off of it, but you also want your hops there, but you don't want them too bitter if you're brewing a West Coast or, or sorry, an East Coast or New England IPA. You know, I, <laughs> I, and I, I, like I said, I hate it, but I think the word balance is is key in all of that. Um, and then there's sometimes when you just throw that out throw it out and you just fucking go for it and you know throw as much vanilla in as you want or coconut and just you know smash everyone's face with those yeah. certain adjuncts you know, say budgets or, be damned yeah yes yeah god vanilla jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> what's it going for these days do you know uh last i saw we were around like 300 a pound maybe uh, <laughs> oh, man. so we, we kind of uh we, we uh we'll like make our own uh like tincture from it you know so we'll get a shitload of beans and we'll buy them when they're cheap and kind of start the soaking process to really get the the you know flavor extracted over the course of a few months so but that also gives sort of a better i don't know uh i I, it makes the beer a little bit more personal i guess for you as you're making it Mm -hmm. i'm curious is, is there a freight train going past you right now uh, no, just uh, just the highway. Is it is okay? It it's I mean, it's not great, but you know, this is podcasting in the time of COVID. Um, <laughs> and I want to talk about your new show uh, in, in in just a minute. But you brought up the the concept of or the style of New England IPA, and I think we're getting to a maturity point for that style. It's now a couple of years old. It is very quickly rising everybody is trying to put their own stamp on it and for a while it was you know let's make it hazy let's make sure it has citro mosaic and let's watch it fly off the shelves uh before it explodes kind of thing um yeah and and then we've seen it mature more and more and 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 brewers have really started to refine the process or think about hop dosing rates and the consumer i think is is more savvy on it as well it's not just enough to say oh we double dry hop this with, you know, 50 pounds of whatever. Um, those numbers don't seem to be quite as impactful as they were, you know, even just I don't know, 18 months or 24 months ago. As you think yeah. about your New England IPA, what are you working towards to make it, one, your own, uh, but two, a, a true representation of the style that makes you happy. Yep. Yeah. So neon is, uh, you know, the, the hops in there, Citra and mosaic. Um, and then going back to Brickstone, even our, uh, our flagship hazy there, when we first started doing them was a blend of Citra and mosaic and, you know, something else, uh, um, maybe, uh, Oh, whatever it was. I can't remember now. Um, but you know, when I first, when the style first came out, I really, I really didn't think much of it. You know, I thought it was going to be kind of a, a flash in the pan situation. Um, like the brutes were when they finally came out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I thought it was, you know, people just rushing beer, uh, and, 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 and putting, you know, Trube and beer in cans and just looking at these oxidized messes. Uh, and then I think, and I can't remember what beer it was, John, to be honest with you that I had that I was like, Oh, this is, 
this is what people want in this. This is what people are describing here. You know, a, a softer mouthfeel, um, you know, a, a not so aggressive, bitter um, finish to it. Um, and so when we started making them, you know, we just at Brickstone, we were just trying different hop combinations. Um, and now out here with Neon, they've been brewing Neon, you know, since well before I got here. And it's just a nice um, complement of the, the kind of juicy hops um, without that bitter bite, but still, you know, just a touch, touch dry. So that it's not like cloyingly sweet yeah. throughout the beer, um, you know, and then we, we do make those as well. We make those ones where we, you know, we sweeten up the body, you know, we mash a little hotter, uh, uh, you know, we'll throw some, you know, uh, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. We'll throw some extra sugars in there, maltodextrin, you know, and mm-hmm. try to get it sweeter. And, you know, we will, uh, just kind of not throw hops at the wall, but, you know, we'll think about it, but we'll, we'll push that, you know, five to six pounds per barrel. I think any more than that. And you're just, uh, you know, going to get a, a, I don't like anything bigger than that myself. Um, you know, I think you can, you can go the range on those, those beers. Um, but I, for me, the ones that are best is like our neon, you know, it's just, it's here I go using that word balanced again. You, you know, you, you have the soft, juicy mouthfeel, and it's just kind of a touch dry, um, just kind of easy drinking beer to me, you know, at six and a half percent. There comes a point, though, where I, I guess inside the brewery, regardless of sales, right? Yeah, you, you also have to just be happy with the beers that you're making. Mm-hmm. I, where do you find the professional satisfaction with what goes out the door? Um, you know, if since, since I've been here, we've, we've put two or three beers down the drain that we've, uh, we've not been happy with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very honored to work somewhere where we, where we do take that, uh, you know, uh, even if we are throwing weird adjuncts in it, if it doesn't turn out right, there's no point in serving it. Um, I think making, uh, making, um, Sorry, somebody just like kind of pulled up to me. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I you, just pulled over. Are you? I know. I pulled over so I could uh, talk a little bit better. Oh, okay. Um, you know, the I wasn't sure if you were about act- to start a drag race because that that'd make for exciting radio here. <laughs> no, some truck just pulled in. I just pulled over in some parking lot. And they're like, "Are you ready?" I'm like, "I don't know who you are." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think you know it's it's no matter what you're putting in beer, it has to be a product that you you are willing to serve and you believe in uh right and um you know i think all of our ipas and beers we put out you know however funky or 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 kind of uh crazy they are i believe it that i I trust that beer i know that it's going to be it's a good product that i stand behind and put my stamp on you know and i i wish i heard more of that these days though I, i i think that there's such a rush and I think COVID has sort of changed that game a little bit as well of just uh, trying to keep your nose above water. So just sort of doing whatever you can. But what you just described strikes me as, I don't know, the long game and uh, a smart one, as it were. Yeah, I, I think once you, you're in the game for long enough, John, you know, you can take those calculated risks and know that, you know, even if it is a, uh, a rushed product, you know that, OK, well. I've had success with this malt bill, with this hop schedule, so uh, I'm going to keep that malt bill and maybe maybe flip the hops a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we 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 sit in a meeting every Monday, and 
you know, there was, we put out a beer early in COVID that I was absolutely in love with. It got great reviews and, uh, uh Pete, uh, you know, the, the guy who founded and owns uh barn town, my good buddy, he was like, I don't care for this beer. I don't like it. Um, you know, and it's, and it was more like kind of a, a, a style thing for us, you know, at that point, because we did make a, um, uh, used, uh, we used, uh, Oh God, we used a bunch of galaxy and, you know, sometimes you use a little too much galaxy. You get a little, uh, bitey in there. And, yep. uh, it was, it was a little bit of, it was a more dry IPA. And like I said, I absolutely dug it. Um, and you know, we sat there and it was like, well, where's, you know, there's, there's three of us that make these decisions. So where's the line on, you know, <laughs> is it acceptable or not? Um, and you know, great beer went over good, but you know, uh, one member of our team just happened to be the man who started it <laughs> was like, I wasn't a big fan of that one. So, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't think that it was a superior product, Okay, but he also trusted, you know, the, the brewers that he put in and thing. And he was like, you know, if the, if you guys think this is completely good, then go for it. Yeah. And we did. And it, you know, it was well received. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate to use the metric that it sold out, but it sold out very quickly. Uh, you know, in a number of days and, and had great reviews. So, you know, it's kind of, it's hard to argue with that when, when you can see those results, uh, both in person and then on paper or yeah. know, digital ink as it were. Speaking of digital things, you recently launched a podcast, which surprisingly enough, I'm not hosting, um, which I find just weird and bizarre. Um, but your new podcast is called the maker and me. And yeah. I'd like to know a little bit more about it and the conversations that you're having and you know, the, yeah, vo so the void I, that you're trying to fill. Yeah. You know, I, when I, when I lived in Chicago, I technically, I started this in Chicago about a year and a half ago. Um, but you know, at the time I was living in Bourbon a, um, and when I started it, it was kind of around the time that, uh, you know, Pete had called me and been like, Hey, you know, are you ready to come out to Iowa? Um, so it was kind of a, it, <laughs> It's a, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a call life. that uh, everybody waits for. Hey, are right? you yeah. ready and, to come to and, Iowa? Well, it, it was a, if I can talk on that point for a second. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I tell Pete and I tell people all the time, if, 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 and he didn't even ask. He said, hey, do you know anybody? You know, uh, one of their assistant brewers had just left, uh, just put his notice in. He was moving to Florida. Um, and so he texted me. He's like, hey, you know anybody in Florida that you would recommend, or in, sorry, in Iowa that you would recommend uh, come work here? Um, and I was like, you know, I don't no, not really, but you know, if, uh, you know, he'd been talking about opening a second location, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to come out. And he was like, Whoa, what's going on here? Um, and I tell him, you know, if, if he had texted me the day before or the day after, I would have just given him a, no, I don't know anybody text. And that would have been the end of it. But it was for some reason that day, that exact moment that he texted me that I was like, you know what? I think I could use a change in my life. <laughs> um, and so it was a weird time. I just started this podcast, bought all this equipment, you know, spent a lot of money on it. My wife wasn't too thrilled with that. Um, but I was down in Bourbon A, which is about an hour south of Chicago. Um, so, you know, between being a father, full-time father, a, you know, full-time employee, um, you know, I was on the board of directors for the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild for the last five years yeah. doing that, um, you know, working with FOBAB. There was just kind of always something going on that took up more time than it. 
then I had to, you know, drive to the city at five o'clock and deal with rush hour to talk to somebody for an hour or so and come back. Um, so when I finally got out here, I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody out here other than the three people that I work with. So this is going to be the absolute perfect time for me to finally get this podcast going. So yeah, it's called the maker and me. There's so many beer podcasts, right? You know, where yeah. it's the same. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware. Same, <laughs> where it's the, you know, it's, it's the same conversation, but I looked and I was like, well, these are the people that I know, you know, and these are the people that I enjoy talking to. Um, so I started digging into it and I was like, well, I was a bartender for a lot of years and, you know, I know a lot of people that mix cocktails that really can shoot the shit, you know, and uh, well, I know a few distillers, too. And so I was like, well, let's work around that. And so I, you know, the industry, you know, the the, the service industry, uh, bartenders, uh, brewers, distillers, you know, uh, owners of these businesses, the sellermen, packaging people. You know, my tagline is they all have a story to tell and I'm here to listen. Yeah. Um and so I started thinking, I was like, what are these people? I said, you know, at the end of the day, we're all makers. We're creators of something. So I came up with the name, the maker and me. Um, and it's really good. And since I've been out here, it's kind of shifted a little bit to where it's still very industry focused. Um, but, you know, like tonight I'm having uh, I'm sitting down with a coffee roaster, uh, a local coffee roaster. Last week I had a guy who's a, a barber uh, in, a, in a band, but, you know, he is he's a creator, you know, he's has a craft that he is extremely passionate about you know um i've talked to a guy who has a hydroponic farm lettuce farm you know and, sure, and lettuce and so it's kind of <laughs> actual the, lettuce the, yes. the devil's uh, lettuce no that one's coming in a few weeks okay so <laughs> i've got that one on the on the schedule um but you know there's there's so many people out there that create that are makers that that, that have a craft that they really care about um and that's that's where i'm trying to hit with the maker and me is to try to shed light on, on those people and, you know, their passion for what they do. Right now we're hearing a lot about the impacts that COVID-19 has had on the hospitality industry. And you've been on both sides of the bar now and you're, you're in the back and you've worked in restaurants and breweries and, 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 and beyond. What do you see the outlook like right now? You know, it's, um, it's, it's pretty disheartening to see, um, you know, colleagues and friends of mine who are, uh, who had to lay off entire staffs and, um, you know, are closing their businesses. It's, it's not something I like to look at. You know, I'm a pretty cheerful, uh, uh, you know, pest or optimist uh, 90% of the time. And, uh, you know, six months in, even though we're not really in returning to normalcy, I'm finally seeing myself get worn down enough to where, you know, I, it just breaks my heart and I, I do my work every day and I try to just put it, put it behind me when I go home and just think about, like you said, what makes me happy right now. And that's, I just try to be in the moment when I'm at home now, when I'm not at work and try to put all this bad shit behind me. And, uh, it's just really sad. I mean, <laughs> I don't even, you know, know what to say for the people, you know, luckily we've, we haven't had to lay anybody off. Um, you know, we saw it down to downturn in business for sure when we were to go only, um, but, you know, we are in a nice suburb surrounded by a, a good median medium income. Yeah. So, you know, we felt the impact, but not nearly as much as, uh, you know, some of our colleagues in the industry throughout the country. What are you looking forward to getting back to uh, festival wise aside? Uh, 
when everything is lifted? Oh man, just just being able to hug my friends and uh, and not feel bad about it, you know. Uh, just being entertained with people, being able to go to a bar and sit down at it, and uh, you know, not have to worry about you know being six feet away from somebody. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a very outgoing uh, social person. Yeah, you are uh, by nature. And, uh, you know, this, this, this whole time I've been spending a lot of time at home, which is wonderful. My wife loves it. (laughs) Um, my kids absolutely love it and I've really been enjoying it. But at the same time, you know, that inner, you know, Alex is just scratching at me going, you know, we, we need to do something and the traveling, you know, we had, uh, we had so many trips planned for this year, uh, all across the country, um, that we've had to cancel. And that's, you know, that's just selfish, you know, that's like, I wish I could go on these trips, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to get out and, and see my friends and, and see and meet new people. You know, that's, that's what I really love is, is interacting with people and brewing. When I got into this seven years ago, John, I didn't know where brewing would take me. I didn't know that I would travel to more States than I ever have in my life or, or meet the people that I have, or, you know, have the, pedigree make meet the pedigree of people that i have and and you know get invited to state houses and and governors you know homes and all these things brewing took me there and i'm i'm very thankful for it (laughs) so i need you to help me with one thing uh before we before we go Uh, at the beginning of covid19 there is a facebook group that was started called quarantined beer chugs and yeah. I, I joined it not knowing what I was getting into. And then uh, it was fun for about three weeks. And then it just got sad uh, in, yeah. a, in a lot of ways. But you, my friend, were <laughs> among the bright spots of that uh, 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 of that subpage on, on, on Facebook. And I'm curious as to your approach. I've never been good at, at, at shotgunning. Uh, uh, beers uh, or or chugging beers. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm poor at it. So how can I up my game? You're you're you're, <laughs> you're a, a, a master of consuming beers in six seconds or less. Where uh, where man. should I start? How uh, can I be a better beer chugger? You know, I've actually I've actually gotten worse <laughs> at chugging beer the more I go. You know, uh, some years ago, and I hate to say that. You know, when I in my in my 20s i could uh really put them down um and i and i you know amongst my friends i'm known as one of the faster uh drinkers there are uh you know i i can drink fast i think there's a difference between (laughs) drinking fast and and chugging a beer throwing it back yeah i can make a beer in a pint glass disappear faster than just about everybody at the table i can (laughs) lap people on beers that way but i'm not opening up my gullet and just letting it all slide down I don't know. It's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. It really hurts when you do it. You know, <laughs> you know, you're you're inhaling and you're aspirating this beer as you're trying to, you know, get a few fake internet points. But yeah, uh, it's you know, to me, it's it's you know, part of the beer industry. That's I think it's fun. Um, you know, I uh, I try not to take myself too seriously, uh, but I know when it needs to be stay taken seriously. You know, <laughs> so. There's, oh, um, that, that, I, I will agree with you. That page was awesome for like two weeks. 
And I was yeah. like, this is really cool. People from around the nation. And then I was just like, okay, never mind. Yeah. It just <laughs> it just got like really part. sad of just, you know, people showing some of the really dark sides of beer or uh, just some of the comments and everything else. So yeah. I, I had to extract myself from it. But uh, but you were a bright spot for those for those first two well, weeks. I, and uh, I was trying to build up the courage to actually do my own. But then, you know, alas. Uh, I real, think I was shirtless in most of those you, as well. So. You, you were. There's a couple of ones of you in front of your bathroom mirror that are forever seared oh, yeah. in my memory. Yeah, yeah. See, you had forgotten. Those of us who yeah. had to watch it uh, yeah. will never forget. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for for sitting down and and driving around and talking to me on the yeah. on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I listened to the show and I really like it. But yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I really appreciate it. I always like talking shop and. You know, just giving my giving my view on things. Awesome, and everybody should be subscribing to and listening to the Maker and Me podcast. You're putting that out weekly now, right? Yeah, they come out on Mondays. Um, I only eat cheeseburgers once a week, and that's I only eat cheeseburgers on Mondays. So it's called Cheeseburger Mondays when we release our when we release the show. So well, and, and now as of today, we're on Apple and Spotify. So well, now everybody knows where to get it. So. Uh... <laughs> Those episodes are up, and we're recording this on a Monday for a release on a Wednesday, so I'm going to let you go and record and eat your cheeseburger, and uh, thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, John. Have a good one. That's Alex Lovingood of Barntown Brewing in Iowa. Make sure to check out his podcast, The Maker and Me, available where fine podcasts are found. And before we go, a reminder that this show is produced by Beer Edge. Check out BeerEdge.com and subscribe to the newsletter, and also download the Beer Edge podcast hosted by Andy Crouch with new episodes every week. Also check out Steal This Beer and the BYO Nano podcast. And please don't forget to go onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you download and leave a review of this show. If you have questions, suggestions, or guests you'd like to hear, you can email me at John Hall, that's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L at BeerEdge.com, or reach out on Twitter at John underscore Hall. Whoever does the music, Jeff Quinn designed the logo, and my thanks to you for listening. I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'll be back again to drink beer and to think beer.